Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Brian Windhorst basically says that other NBA team scouts are circling the Chicago Bulls, waiting for them to blow it all up. But will it happen is the biggest question. We're also going to talk about why the current stretch for the Chicago Bulls is so crucial for both the team and the front office to really take a look at what this team can be this season. We're going to get into all that, plus the mailbag, right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So first up, we got Brian Windhorse. He had this direct quote. In talking to some people around the league, the scouts are jamming themselves into Bulls games because they realize that at some point, the Bulls may break this team up. And they're, they're, all, gather, they're all gathering intelligence like, What's going to happen with the Bulls? So, Brian Winhorst is something that we've kind of all talked about before. Me and Pat have talked about this actually several times over on Locked On Bulls as well. It's just saying how teams are waiting to see what the Chicago Bulls do with this roster. If they do decide to blow it all up, there are going to be a lot of teams that are interested in what the Chicago Bulls do have that they could put out in the open market. And, you know, we know that the Bulls hold high value for a lot of the players on the team. We've heard with Zach, you need two first-round picks, a young player, and a veteran to, to, to match salary. For Alice Caruso, we've heard that the Bulls' asking price is two first. Now, could they be willing to come down off that, especially if you're giving them a young, promising player, potentially? Um, and then, you know, we haven't really heard much as far as, like, what the market value would be uh, if they do make DeMar DeRozan available, and the same for Nikola Vucevic, who they just re-signed this offseason. But while a lot of teams are waiting, hoping, thinking that the Chicago Bulls team may blow it all up, me and Pat have also been very, you know, clear in the fact that we don't know that that happens with AK, right? Never really been a guy that blows it all up, right? Uh, really does try to hold on to the valuable pieces that he that he has. Doesn't mean that he won't move some things around as far as trying to get a different mix, right? And that's really what it comes down to with this team is that if this team does decide during the season, depending on what they're going to be, right? We've talked about it. We're going to talk about it a little in the next segment as well. The Bulls schedule considerably eases up after December 15th. And that still leaves about a month and a half before the trade deadline. And if that's the case for the Chicago Bulls, right? then they would have a good sample size of a tough schedule and even the weaker schedule to really look at what this team's going to be. Now, you guys know, I've been very uh, clear. I don't think this team is blowing it all up. I don't think that that is really the route that they're going to go. Now, a retooling may come uh, in with this team if they, you know, notice some of the things that the data is telling us about how the core three players work together and things like that. There may be something in that. Now, they're also, with the, with the way that the teams are playing right now, could very well want to wait and look at to see what this team is going to be and going to turn into, right? Now, the one, the biggest issue or one of the biggest issues with the Bulls is that they don't really have any core pillar players as far as the young players that are ready to step up, right? Patrick Williams has been up and down. Dale Terry can't really, uh, hasn't shown the ability to play at the NBA level high yet, right? Um, they, uh, Julian Phillips, we haven't seen Julian Phillips at all. You still got OB, who I still think is promising, but they're allowing him to kind of acclimate down in the G League, right? You still got uh, Justin Lewis as well, Adama Sanago. But these are players that most of those players are drafted with second-round picks, right, or on two-way contracts. 
So it's very rare you see them come in and immediately be a pillar for a team as far as in a rebuild, right? So rebuilding, I think, is still unlikely. And I know that's not what a lot of Bulls fans want. They are tired of this roster, and I understand it. But some things are starting to show signs of positivity. For example, Kobe White, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Caruso, and Nikola Vucevic. When those players are out on the court together, the Bulls apparently have a plus 6.2 PER per 100% possession. So, you know, you, maybe that's something to unlock. But again, we don't re really want to see a lot, another small ball team, right? So there's something to say with that. But at the end of the day, like, I still think this team is trying to figure out if they can find the right mix of people. Now, you can say all day whether you think they're going to find it or not. I'm starting to have my doubts just looking at how long this core has been together and how just I, the, the, the core when they're playing together, it's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> it's a hugely positive, right? It's not anything that you look at and say, boom, this can get us into a lane of even being a second-round playoff team. The ceiling of this team still seems to be first-round playoff exit at minimum. We're still talking about now, are they even going to be able to get into or avoid the play-in tournament, right? So that's, that's big questions with this team. And so we got some things that ultimately need to figure out, but I'm not surprised that teams are watching to see what the Chicago Bulls do. And I'm not surprised that they're probably watching the Toronto Raptors as well to see what they do, watching the Atlanta Hawks to see if they end up deciding to move off DeJounte Murray or Trey Young, right? Because at the end of the day, it's all about assets when it comes to NBA teams and feeling like you have the right mix of players. And so that may be something that it comes down the wire to as well as that when teams really look at, you know, if the Bulls, the, the Bulls do have some promising pieces right? Zach Levine, we know a number one option on the championship squad. He is not before a team that needs a score that already has a solid base and foundation. Okay. There's something to be said of with that, right? So those are, those are some things that you may look at. Do I think the Bulls are going to move Zach Levine? I do not. I'm just going to be clear there. I do not. Do I think that they could look to move DeMar DeRozan? I would hope that they're open to it just because of him being an expiring contract. And if this team continues to suck right now, if this team turns it around, goes on a five, six game winning streak, and then is solid after that point, right, where they're playing above hundred, uh, above five hundred basketball, cool, right? Then you don't, you 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 try to resign him, you do what you do. But with the with the path that it looks like this team is on, I'm not surprised teams are circling the Chicago Bulls, wondering what they're going to do with their assets, and hoping that maybe a rebuild, retool, or blow up is coming. And so we end up seeing what happens with that. Will AK and Eversley finally pull the trigger on something? We end up seeing, man. But let me know what you guys think on that. What do you think about Windhorse saying that? From what a lot of scouts that he's hearing, they're going to Bulls games. They're really trying to do their work and get the analytics so that they can look at to see what they could be offering for the Chicago Bulls players. Let me know what you guys think on that down below. But with that said, we talked a little bit about it. The Bulls' current schedule is a very big part of the schedule, especially for a team that has struggled to start this season, right? So when you look at it right now, eight games in 15 days for the Chicago Bulls, they don't have to get on an airplane in any of that time, right? Um, the Bulls having days off as well. They have three days off between uh, a game um, uh, the, 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 uh, a game that they have late, uh, late last week or in the middle of last week, and then next Sunday playing against the Detroit Pistons. So they got time off. They don't have to travel. So this is a time where you're really looking at a team to see what do you have. What do you have? Because the traveling isn't an excuse, right? You're in home. You're in your own beds. You're getting to come to your own practice facilities. You're playing in your own home arena more times than not as well. What do you have? Then on top of that, we're facing a lot of teams that are missing key parts of their rotation. When you look at the, the, the matches we have with Orlando Magic, Wendell Carter is going to be out of that. When you look at the matchup with the Miami Heat, Tyler Hero's plan to be out of that, right? So the Bulls, if they don't, right? And I'm not saying that it's the make all or break all of the season during this stretch for the Chicago Bulls. But if this team can't win more games than not over this stretch, right, considering who they're facing, considering, uh, like I said, the, the team's missing out on injuries or, or players because of injuries, things like that, 
you have to really start questioning and asking yourself, what is happening? What is happening? We've had three days off from Wednesday to when we play tomorrow against the Detroit Pistons. We then, of course, have a lot of games. We've got Milwaukee Monday, Orlando Wednesday, and Friday, which are both at home. We get to stay at home between that, right? Then we have Miami Saturday and next Monday. And so those are games that are all at home for the Chicago Bulls before we head back out on a road trip for a little bit of five-game home trip, um, a road trip we head on after that. Then we come back home for another two-game home stretch. So this is the period where the Bulls face Detroit, Milwaukee, Orlando, Miami, uh, OKC, Toronto, Brooklyn, Boston, Milwaukee again, the New Orleans uh, Pelicans that we face as well, and then Milwaukee, Denver, right? So it's a nice mix of teams that are kind of competing around the same area, even projected to be lower than the Bulls, and then teams that are definitely better than the Bulls. And so over this next key games for the Chicago Bulls, it's a key stretch to really see what your team's made out of, right? And so you would hope that the wins start coming at a higher rate for the Chicago Bulls at that point in time, rather than the three and six that we are right now. But you really have, it's it's an important stretch to really evaluate just what this team is. And like I said, by, by mid-December, we've played most of our tough games as far as the toughest part of the schedule for the Bulls. And so it, that then leaves another evaluation month, basically, before the trade deadline, where AK can really look at to see what this team's going to be. What does he need? Can he? Is it more adding to this team? Is it moving out a piece for another piece to kind of change the mix-up? Is it blow it all up, right? Is it strengthening? There's a lot of questions that can be answered with how this team plays over the next set of games for the Chicago Bulls. So that's something we're going to be uh, watching for us. Let me know down below. What do you guys think that, you know, of this stretch for the Chicago Bulls? How important do you think that is? When you pair that as well with Windhorse's comments on scouts really looking out for the Bulls, do you think that we could have, you know, more, less, less rumblings and kind of more of a direction as far as maybe AK and Eversley are willing to start trading some of these pieces to start changing the mix up here in Chicago? Let me know what you guys think on all that down below. But it is Saturday, so you know what that means. It's mailbag day. We got a couple of first-time voicemail listeners, which I always love to get first-time voicemail listeners. But this first one, first couple are from Old Faithfuls. Let's get into this first one. This one's from Reginald. Hey, this is Reginald from Columbus, Georgia. Um, well, with that Lakers trade uh, proposal for Alex Caruso, I would consider Stefano uh, and Vanderbilt for him. I think that would be a good pickup uh, for the Bulls. Uh, especially if we're not looking forward to at least the second round of the playoffs or we don't have a plan for the future or how to continue to build this current team up. Um, but my question to you is, what else would you add on to it? Would you would you want second? Because you're not getting a first that they're going to give up bad adults to go along with them. But um, thanks. I just want to hear your opinion on the matter. Bye. All right, as far as the Lakers trade proposal for Alice Caruso, at least the one that was rumored, right? You got uh, Jalen hood Shafino, which is a promising point guard again. Uh, he's a point guard that coming into the draft, he was drawing comparisons to Malcolm Brogdon. Now, is he going to hit those? That's not necessarily true, but that's the player that he was drawing comps to, right? A really solid defensive player with some okay offensive upside, not huge offensive upside, but then, you know, I'm sure the Bulls are going to want a first round or a couple of seconds back to your point. Here's the thing. Like I said, if they move Alice Caruso, I think that that would be an indication that would probably be a second or third move in a series of moves for the Chicago Bulls. I think one of the first things is going to be a domino to fall in either Zach or DeMar, and then you may see Alice Caruso move, something like that. But if they move Alice Caruso for a young player, a rookie, right, I think that, that shows the direction that the Bulls are going on. Now, as far as what I want seconds, the Lakers have multiple second-round picks in the next two drafts that they could offer for the Chicago Bulls. Now, are seconds hugely valuable? valuable? Not necessarily, right? But it means that you would have to do really good scouting. I mean, Iota Sumu, second-round pick, 
Julian Phillips, a player that a lot of Bulls fans are excited about, we haven't gotten to see yet, but a second-round pick. So you can make second-round picks valuable. It just means that you your scouting has to be on point, right? And I don't know if we've necessarily seen that from the Chicago Bulls so far, but again, you want the most assets back that you can get. So if it is Jalen hood Shafino, if it is a first-round pick, and you can get multiple seconds right back, you make that trade happen, right? Uh, again, I'm not saying that, that we should just trade that regardless. I'm saying that if you've already made the decision to move Alex Caruso, you can do a lot worse. But again, I don't know if that's the direction the Chicago Bulls are going. I would love to see Alex Caruso stay on this team. I love what he brings. He's a Chicago Bulls type player that we love and appreciate on this squad. And I would more so like to keep him. I hope that the Bulls, if they do make moves at the trade deadlines, are more buyers than sellers because they're looking that we've shown so much that they're looking to improve to this team or add to this team or add that missing component, right? That's what I hope. Not necessarily what's going to happen, but at least that's my hope. Let's see what ends up going on. I, Keep Alex Caruso a bull. But, hey, listen, we'll see the direction this team ends up going. All right, let's get into the next uh, voicemail. This one's from 8 Live. What's going on? I want to come and give my Kobe rant, so please allow this to happen. I remember when I first started watching your show, I remember liking your show because your show was the first time I was able to get my rant off about Kobe. It was that year that uh, Larry Barkley was leaving. And I remember um, uh, Pat, I think that's his name, your boy, who doing the show with, yeah, Pepper Designer, they was having a show, and him and his guys were saying that, you know, Kobe was going to be traded. And one time I was trying to call him to their show or come in live or whatever. I don't really know about these podcasts. But anyway, I kept I kept putting, um, uh, I got proof Kobe might get traded. I got proof Kobe might get traded. And then one of his um, people was like, that's a spam call. Get him out of here. And I was like, damn. But my proof was I just knew, I remember when, um, it was just Zach and Kobe. That was the only assignment we had. I remember Kobe coming straight from North Carolina or whatever. It might have been his second year, first year, I can't remember. But he was just going hard. He just, just didn't have no control. But he used to be aggressive. So I always roll with Kobe every year. And I remember just saying, I knew that they, they weren't going to trade him because um, he was putting way more forth effort than I've seen a lot of people on the team in them bad days. So to now, bro. Our fans sometimes be worse than the front office. It's like we talk shit about Patrick not being aggressive, but you got Kobe trying to be aggressive going out here playing this game. It's like we expect him to be Kyrie every night. Bro, the man being aggressive trying to play. We, we The fans sometimes be like a cancer, man. It's like how are we going to let these players develop? If we he got it, we, the team's going to lose. We can't, you know what I'm saying? The team's going to lose sometimes, bro. That don't mean that Kobe having a bad game. We still want him to be a great point guard. Whether we lose or not, we're not winning no championship this year. So let him develop. You know what I'm saying? And like I said in the comment before, Patrick like playing off the bench, bro. I mean, that's just what it is. So, man, I just want to say he's supporting Kobe, bro. I know the uh, other points are coming up the bench doing good. But uh, if Kobe don't, you know, mess up the whole chemistry of the team, let him keep balling, bro. Be ready, man. Shout out to Eight Lives, who uh, hadn't left the voicemail for quite a while. One of the, the constant contributors usually during the season around here. And Kobe White's value. I, listen, I agree. Kobe White is growing nicely. And I think that uh, as well, like, he's on it. To, he's a player that likes to have the ball in his hands. He's a player that experienced the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL 
But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill is more of a scorer than a shooter, right? And he's on a team where he's kind of forced to do less of those things. He's not going to have the ball in his hand as much just because of the way this team's made up. He's not going to get a lot of opportunities to kind of do his scoring-type thing unless he's out there with the bench unit because of, again, the lineup he's out there with the starting lineup. But I do think that Kobe has shown tremendous growth. And I think the intelligence, the basketball IQ has grown, the defensive awareness. He's one of the top players in drawing charges in the league right now, which is 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 not something to overlook because he's sacrificing his body. He's getting out there. He's understanding how to draw those charges. He, Kobe White's defensive mindset has grown so much, right? And you've seen the maturity, the poise, the understanding how to impact the game, right? And we're even seeing his passing start getting better for the for the Chicago Bulls as well, as far as understanding how and where to get the, his his teammates the ball and where they like it. So. Kobe White is absolutely growing as a point guard and growing as a player overall. He still has some, some areas that he can grow in for sure. Consistency is still a thing for him, right? That's, that's one thing. We still got to make sure that uh, or say that consistency is a thing. When you look at it, Kobe White is, ha- is now in a five-game stretch where he scored in double digits, right? In that same five-game stretch, he's shooting the ball 43% from the field, 31% from three, which the last two games have been you know up and down from, from three-point range, so that's not hugely important. But he's averaging 12 shots per game and averaging – 13.6 points per game over the last five games. He's also averaging 4.8 assists, right? Uh, he's averaging a steal per game, and he's averaging three rebounds per game. Again, as the fourth option in your starting lineup, those aren't bad numbers at all. Now, we got to see it be consistent, right? But again, that's the last five games. That's so far the month of November for for uh, Kobe White. So let's see if he continues in that upwards trajectory because he's definitely in an upwards trajectory and I think that because of the way that the Bulls are losing things like that, people really don't see it. But Kobe White is definitely improving, and I like the way that Kobe White's grown, absolutely. But let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Shay. Yo, hey, what's up, man? It's Shay. Look, I know I get what you're saying about not comparing other teams and all that other shit, but look here, man. I'm here to say this. Look, I'm not trying to compare us to any other, other teams, and I know what you're going to say. Oh, other teams got a good coach. Other teams lost the top player. Whatever, whatever. But let's think about it for a second. You know, besides the good franchise part, you know, we've lost our star player in the past, and Derrick Rose, a couple of years ago. And we got off to a better start than uh, Memphis Grizzlies did. And, like, don't get me wrong. I know John Moran is a big part of what they do, but you still could have guys that are there like Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose, even though he's not the Derrick Rose of old that could still weather the storm. And as for other teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are supposed to be better than us, they sit on the cusp right next to us, and they and they got even more talent than what we do, and even more shooting. So, again, I'm not, I'm not here to just, oh, compare us to everybody else, but I just think about it like, I just look at it like this. It could be worse than when you look at other teams who are supposed to be better than us, and other teams that 
Everybody say, oh, we need to trade for this guy, Cal Kuzma, and, and we should have got LaMelo Ball. And they're doing even much worse than us, even the Lakers, and they got LeBron James. So my point is when I say stuff like that or when I compare stuff like that, you got to think about it. A lot of teams are supposed to be better than us, but people want us to blow it up. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't collect some mistakes, but at the same time, I mean, I feel like if people going to give us all that drama and grief about blowing it up and doing this and doing that, where where is that at for these other teams that's supposed to be a, a step above us? That's all I'm saying. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. Now, here's what I'll say on Shay. When you say and you say, well, why, why people aren't saying that those teams should blow it up? It's simple, Shay. It's that you, you say that you're not comparing it, but you are. Yes, the Cleveland Cavaliers were a team that were predicted to be better than us. And right now, they're absolutely struggling. But you know the difference? That team has, been, has done it before. They also have a young core that you can bet on their development more, right? So that's it. The Lakers, the Lakers are the Lakers, right? They're, they're a team that has uh, AD there. They have LeBron James. LeBron isn't LeBron anymore. So even mentioning, but they have LeBron James, but he's not LeBron anymore, right? We, we understand that that's, that's, he's not the same player as what he was before. And then the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are technically in a rebuild. They just don't know it, right? Like, they lost so many key pieces. But, again, the difference between that team is is coaching. It is that they have a front office that has shown an ability to do it before with less. The Charlotte Hornets, hey, they're the Hornets. We're always going to – they are in a constant state of rebuilding. But when you look at the Cavs, who are only, what, they one game better than us per, per, per percentage, but they played one game less than us as well, it's, it's different when you have – a team that did win over 50 games before, a team that most of their core, most of their starters are, are, are 25 and younger, right? So you, they have room to just the problem with the Bulls and the reason why the Bulls fans are saying rebuild. Keep in mind, I'm not a rebuild guy, but the reason why the media and other places are calling for the Bulls to rebuild is because their core is older. We have a core of over 30-year-olds, well, two over 30-year-olds, and Zach Levine, who's on the precipice of getting there, right? So it's a, it's a much different proposition for the Chicago Bulls to go rebuild when they don't have any young players that have really shown that once this team it can be a pillar of this team going forward, right, that you can build around. The Cavs do have young pieces that you can clearly build around, right? Evan Mobley is probably going to be one of the best two-way bigs in the league at some point. Darius Garland, a flawed guard, but is still a guard that can absolutely fill it up, whether whatever happens with Donovan Mitchell or not, right? So you have that on those teams. The Miami Heat, it's because of their front office and coaching. They have excellent coaching in a front office that has got shit done just plainly. The Charlotte Hornets, I'm not worried about the Charlotte Hornets. Like, they're going to struggle as a franchise until they don't. So that's kind of the difference that you're seeing in, the, in, the, in that. So when you compare that, yes, the front office and coaching does matter because a team that, uh, uh, for the outside looking in, when you have a coach that you can trust can get the most, hell, he made it to the finals with a team full of undrafted and second-round players, right, basically. And so when you have that, you trust the day of development. Right now, the Bulls are struggling. People don't trust the front office ability to draft. They don't trust the young players on this team to develop into big pieces. They don't trust the coaching staff to develop players. When you have that, it's going to be a bigger proposition than comparing it to those other teams, Shay. That's kind of the, the process in that. Let me know what you guys think on that, as always, down below. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Jamil. Yo, what up, Hayes? Uh, your boy, Jamel. I just wanted to, you know, Congratulate you on the show, man. Definitely been a, a fan. Uh, remember when you started it, see where it is now, how far it's come, man. I respect the grind. I respect the hustle. Definitely an inspiration, you know, that a lot of people, uh, you know, should, should should look at and just take in everyday life, you know what I'm saying? But um, anyway, man, it's tough being a Bulls fan these days. One, because, you know, you know you, 
have an ownership group that just doesn't care about the team as much as the fans do. And, um, you know, they're just looking at the at the numbers and the dollars rolling in, and that's all they really care about. They can live off of, you know, those Michael Jordan uh, days, the glory days of the Bulls, and just, you know, sit and relax, you know what I mean, while we sitting here with our emotions all attached up in this thing. But um, I think we just really have a head coach problem. <clears throat> and once, like you said, Billy Donovan, you know, was texting with them, you already knew, you know, he, he oh, he's just, he's in there, you know what I mean? And, you know, I can't stand him really as a coach. I, I You know, he's a good coach, but, you know, what has he really done in the NBA to deserve the extension? I mean, he went to a Western Conference Finals with KD and Westbrook, lost a 3-1 lead. You know, once KD left, it was nothing but a bunch of first-round playoff exits. Dame waved him bye-bye. Donovan stunned on him. Um, you know, and what has he done here? Got us to the first round with a playoff exit. I mean, that's who he is. That's his feeling as a coach, you know. And I just feel like I can't stand his rotations and, you know, like he takes people who are hot out at the wrong times. You know, I, I don't understand why, you know, he, he takes Javon Carter out when he does. You know, why can't Javon Carter get five more minutes and take five minutes away from Kobe? You know, not that, you know, Javon should start over him, but just, you know, tinker with the minutes a little bit. Ride the hot hand a little bit. Why can't you ever do that? I don't understand it. You know, I really feel like the best solution is, you know, since he's such bosom buddies with them, you know, do a Brad Stevens type thing. Let Billy go up into the front office with AK and Eversley and since they're never going to fire him and they're such best friends with him. And let him go into the front office and get a new voice to coach the Chicago Bulls because that's the only time you're going to truly see if you that you got everything out of the roster. Everybody's making a big deal about, you know, how the roster needs to change and it doesn't fit, but you don't really truly know that until you put a new voice in there that can maximize everything out of the roster. you know. What has Billy Donovan done to earn an extension? Nothing. Let's just be clear. Nothing. Nothing. Like, And that was why you see a lot of Bulls fans upset with the extension that Billy Donovan got because at that point in time, Billy Donovan, he had one playoff victory for a team that like wasn't promising and you didn't have to extend him. And that's the thing, right? The extension didn't come when you needed it to. He, we're still under his original contract this season. That contract extension doesn't kick in until next year. So that's the question. So, yeah, I agree with you. Billy Donovan is not a terrible coach, but he's not a good coach for this team either. And so when you extend that and double down on that at the same time where you're double down on a core that hasn't really gotten us to where we want it to be, people are going to question that. And so the, the, the love of Billy Donovan is, is, a, is a big one. And like I said, once Billy Donovan said that he talks to Jerry Reinsdorf every day, it kind of is what it is there, man. He's in there. And, and it's unfortunate because I do think that not everything's on Billy Donovan, but I will say this, the things that are on Billy Donovan affect our past, present, and future. Because we haven't developed players because Billy Donovan doesn't have his eye on development. It doesn't seem like we're going to develop any new players that we get in, and we can't even really see what they're, what, trust what they look like on this team because, again, Billy Donovan doesn't develop. And then the rotations, the things like that that you say, not even using players to their biggest strengths, these are all things that Billy Donovan shows consistently that make you question, why the hell did this man get a contract extension? So, spot on, Jamil there. Thank you so much for, for calling in. All right, we got our next first-time caller. This one's from Tuli. What up, Hayes? This is Tuli from Aurora. 
So something I've been thinking about this season is I think Zach and DeMar are the problem. Um, they just don't fit right on the team. Don't get me wrong. I love both those guys, right? But like I said, the Bulls want to play at a fast pace. And even though Zach plays fast, he just don't be in control of himself more often than not. And last night against the Suns was a perfect example. He was uh, losing the ball in his way for layups, for dribbling the damn ball off his foot. And I hate to say it, but even when he drops numbers like that 51-point game, it just don't seem to help the team win. So it seems like his offense is pretty meaningless as a first option. Then you got DeMar, who's just too slow for the pace they want to be at. And we all know Billy coached better when he got young guys. So what I think could be a solution is either finding a way to trade DeMar for an actual first option player who could probably um but we could probably rely on more than Zach which honestly might be a problem because I think it seemed like Zach want to be that guy but he just ain't that guy <clears throat> but uh I don't even know what we would trade him for trade DeMar for somebody that could play better than Zach or trade Zach and DeMar but it seemed like everybody else plays good um except Daylon Terry and for all the Vooch haters I don't know what y'all watching but that man is a dog Zach and DeMar are the problem here's what I'll say right and then even you saying that Zach doesn't play control that is why this Bulls team went out and got Lonzo, right? It's because it, it's a player that you take, and that's why we also saw Zach play great when Patrick Williams, I mean, not Patrick Williams, Pat Bev was the point guard because it was the players that took the ball out of Zach's hands and basically just said, go out there and score, right? I think Zach can be fine as far as a more up-tempo offense. I'm not going to say, they are definitely part of the problems, but they're not the problems because, again, that doesn't stop Billy Donovan and his rotations. That doesn't stop this team as a whole not defending and not showing hard at times, right? There, there are problems more than just DeMar and Zach, but I do think aspects of them, like, like I said before, I always say the Zach Levine special. In the fourth quarter, you want Zach Levine to score, but you don't want him to do a lot of ball handling, right? So running catch and shoots and things like that are going to uh, affect DeMar, uh, Zach. And then DeMar, we all know, like, playing more up-tempo is not de to de de the strengths of DeMar's game. Now, I do think he's adapted better than what I even thought that he would. Right, he's starting the breaks, he's getting steals, he's getting more assists, right? Doing those type of things, and that can help him be more effective in a more up-tempo offense. But like you said, it doesn't necessarily fit the best. And the best one it did fit is that when we had a point guard like Lonzo Ball, who in transition, his skills came out even more because we didn't really use him that much in the half court to like set up offense. So those are absolutely all valid points and, and, and strong points that you made. I mean, at the end of the day, here's the thing. As far as trading, I don't know if they trade both of them. If they do, that's you say that the, they are the problem. They don't fit the team. Let's be clear, though. Zach and DeMar are still the team to a degree, right? And moving on from both of them would mean that the team looks drastically different and the expectations are drastically different. And I'm not saying that that may not be the route that they go, but let's just be clear on that, that that is signaling quite a big change in direction for the team and one that the front office hasn't really shown a propensity to be to go into yet. Will they surprise us at this trade deadline? That's absolutely a possibility. And we'll be covering it if they do right here at Chicago Bulls Central. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let me know your thoughts on all the topics down below or if you're on your podcast side. I'll tell you how to get them in here in a second. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.